0: Regardless of where your loyalties lay, most will agree that the Irish Civil War was a sad and tragic element of our history. Standing shoulder to shoulder and risking one's life for country and colleague, the men and indeed women of Ireland fought a glorious fight in the War of Independence. But now, and just a short few months later, the tables were turned, and it was now brother against brother in a bloody and bitter civil war, the wounds of which, one hundred years later, have not healed completely. Such are the consequences of any civil war. The term brother against brother has been broadly used ever since. It's a term that unfortunately fits uncomfortably with the Hales family of Nocknacora near Bandon, with brothers Tom and Sean taking opposite sides. After the death of Michael Collins, the newly formed government of Ireland implemented martial law and began executing anti-treaty prisoners, one of which was Erskine Childers. The Chief of Staff of the Anti-Treaty Forces, Liam Lynch, now issued an order that any member of the Doyle who had voted for what he referred to as murder legislation was to be shot on sight. On December 7th, 1922, T.D. Sean Hales was shot and killed by Anti-Treaty men as he left the Doyle. Another T.D., Podrick O'Malley, was also shot and badly wounded. Reprisals in the form of executions would follow and continue until the second-last day of May, 1923. The most notable of these executions were in the immediate aftermath of the killing of Sean Hales. Four men, supposedly representing each of the provinces, were chosen. Rory O'Connor, Liam Mellows, Joe McElvey and Dick Barrett from Knockacullen Cullen in Ballinine were executed on December 8th, 1922. This evening in the first of a two-part programme, and by way of a radio play and discussion, we concentrate on the young life and execution of Dick Barrett. Good evening and welcome to the programme. Coming up later in this, the first of two programmes, we bring you a radio play which gets its first airing. The case currently in hand deals mainly with the aftermath of the execution of the four men. The play was written and produced by Mike Russell with assistance from Donnie Welsh, but there were many more who took part and helped in many ways, too numerous to mention. But Mike Russell also had a personal reason, he tells me, for writing this play.
1: My grandfather would have been in the IRA back in, in the War of Independence and the Civil War. I would have been a friend of Dick Barrett and my father would have been involved. So it's, it's kind of family tradition. I suppose there's a lot of that goes on. You know, stuff is handed down. But my father would have been involved in commemorations back in the, the late 70s, early 80s as well, which would have included Dick Barrett. So Michael Manny is a grandnephew of Dick Barrett and I'd known Michael for 20 years through Kilmean Drama Group. And um, I met him there one t- about this time last year, actually. And I asked him, was there be anything being done for the centenary? And he said, oh, yeah, there's, there's a list of events to to be done. And I said, well, sure, look, I'd like to play for that. And it was kind of an off-the-cuff remark because I'd been involved with Lara McCarthy's one, the Valiant Father O'Connell, and uh, Timothy Coley's one um, last Christmas, the Michael Connell's one. So it was an off-the-cuff remark. And I kind of, he said, well, sure, look, walk away. And I went away and I kind of came up with a first draft and it went from there then. The John Enright thing came in when someone recommended his book and um, I found it fantastic. I thought it was an excellent book. So it kind of gave me a lot of information to work with and to work into the characters. Yeah, that kind of stuff.
0: Now, the Civil War, Mike, is a vast story where to this day, tact, diplomacy and sensitivity are still required. What angle does the play take?
1: The play takes the angle, I suppose, that I think you have to talk about stuff first. I think you you have to investigate, you know, what went on. It does require an awful lot of tact uh, and sensitivity because people are still sensitive about it. Some people are still defensive about it. But I think in order to get beyond those sensitivities, I think you have to talk about it and then you have to try and find some sort of common ground.
0: Is it true to say that Sean Hales was not the intended target that day on December 7th, that it was actually County Mayo to de Padre Gamaya?
1: That's the, the, the theory that I have heard, I'm going to put my hand up here now and say straight away that I'm not an expert on the Civil War. I've actually learned quite a lot about it by kind of engaging in, in writing the play. Um, but there is that theory that uh, O'Malley had been the, the target. John Hales hadn't been in the doll on the day of the vote, which that was the, the Army Resolution Act. And that was the threat, I suppose, from the the anti-treaty people to Liam Lynch. Um, That was the threat that anyone who voted for that act would be open to to assassination. And Sean Hales hadn't been in there. So that's a possibility. I suppose there's probably other possibilities. Maybe it wasn't well thought out. Maybe it was just, you know, he's a TD on that other side. And, you know, that makes him fair game. It's hard to know. It's, It's always going to be something that you're going to have to and figure out and come up with your own take on it and you could be totally wrong.
0: Michael O'Mahony is a grandnephew of Dick Barrett's. He's also secretary of the Dick Barrett Commemoration Committee and has compiled the latest book on Dick Barrett for the Balanine and Eskeen Heritage Group. Michael agrees that the Civil War was one of the saddest and most tragic chapters in our history.
2: Absolutely. It rivaled the famine as being perhaps the saddest event in, in Irish history. Men and women who had fought side by side and families who had fought side by side for generations for the freedom of the country, then to spit at the last moment was a tragedy, I suppose, that can't re- could never have been measured, really. It's only now, I suppose, 100 years later, that with uh, reconciliation and um, forgiveness and so forth, that uh, we're coming to terms and that the current generation has come to terms with that uh, terrible event that occurred 100 years ago.
0: How old were you and where were you when you realised the strong historical attachment there is to the Barrett family?
2: Oh, I would have known it from the youngest, from four or five years on, because I was born two fields from where Dick Barrett was born, and uh, my grandmother was his sister and she lived two or three fields away from us as well. So we would have been very, very conscious of it from a very young age and right through childhood and so forth.
0: And was it something that was spoken about or not at all? Oh, no,
2: very rarely. Um, I suppose my grandmother being his sister, and we would have a lot of contact with her at the time, she spoke regularly. And um, I suppose it's from her really, and from my own mother too, that we got, the, 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 the interest was instilled, and you know, as to what happened and what the events were about. But I would always have been conscious that there was a certain amount of secrecy. Certain things weren't said, and certain things wouldn't be said in the company of maybe other people and so forth. There was always that. I think that, you know, the unspoken word, I suppose, was part and parcel of the healing process, maybe for some people, after the Civil War and after those tragic events.
0: Tell me a little bit about the early life of Dick Barrett, because he comes across as having been a very well-educated and courageous young man.
2: Yeah, I suppose he, he he was obviously a very bright student. And the local school would have been Knox School, which is now closed, which was about uh, maybe a mile cross-country from the Barrett family. And then uh, when he finished there, he went to Knox Gas School, which is now a very, very big school on the Balnean, Chilty Road. And that school at the time prepared students for uh, further education for people who are interested in the civil service and teaching and maybe in, in, in becoming priests and so forth. And he went there and he was there for five years, both as a student and as what they called a monitor teacher he was a trainee teacher helping to t- t- teach the classes and from there then he got a scholarship uh, to De La Salle College in Waterford in preparation for um, his teaching profession and uh, when he qualified in, in, in De La Salle College Waterford his first posting was to Newcastle Boys National School which is down near at Midden in Tipperary but he wasn't there too long before he returned to Upton and to uh, the industrial school there. And it's, teacher and in the following year in 1915 he was appointed the principal of grand national school which is um, there near upton about a mile and a half from crossbury and thankfully the school is still there a very small school but still there and some of the the old um, boards and things that were used in dick barrett's time are still in use in the present school so he was there then from there until his uh, arrest in 1921 and it was in the upton area I suppose that he made made his name as as a a revolutionary leader and um, joined the struggle for Irish freedom.
0: Author of the play, The Case Currently in Hand, Mike Russell from Clonacilty, agrees with Michael O'Mahony that as tragedy in our history goes, the Irish Civil War ranks up there with the famine or the murder campaign of the man with the cynical title of Lord Protector, Cromwell.
1: And possibly is even more tragic in a sense because to a degree it's self-inflicted. I think as well that there is another thing for me, there's a sense of there must be some way in our heads of getting back to a time before the split. There must be some way of finding that common ground where, you know, they fought hand in hand. They were, to use a a term that's out there, they they were a band of brothers. And the the split, I suppose, the the, the deeper the friendship, the bigger the enmity when the split comes. But there must be some way of, of getting back and healing that rift and realising that we, we were all the one, you know.
0: And it's very true to say here that the Barrett family would in no way have agreed with the, the shooting dead of Sean Hales and neither would the Hales family have agreed with the execution of these four men, especially Dick Barrett.
1: Absolutely not. They would not have condoned it and, and made it quite clear as well. The, the Hales family wrote to the um, Southern Star in the week after the deploring and, um, and calling for no revenge from either side. The Barrett family wouldn't have had any animosity towards the the Hales family, from what I can see. We had an interesting thing back in November, out in uh, the GA grounds in there There was this joint storytelling of the story and um, it was very interesting afterwards people came up and they said oh, hello I'm such and such a person I'm related to Sean Hales and on the other side uh, I'm related to Dick Barris and they stayed around for quite a while afterwards and, and you had little pockets of people where you had Barris and Hales mixing together just talking you know having a conversation that may not have happened before and it was quite um, poignant
0: can I ask you about the selection of these four men, supposedly one from each province? Now, we've read that not one of them was from Connacht, but I presume each and every one of them, especially Dick Barrett, was a prominent member of the IRA and totally and utterly against this treaty.
1: Yeah, there there is that um, thing of, um, I think, Liam Mellows, who was to represent Connacht wasn't actually from Connaught, but um, I think what it was was they were the four leaders of the anti-treaty forces. They were the four provincial leaders of the anti-treaty forces who had been arrested after the um, taking back of the, the Four Courts. Uh, they had been in the Four Courts, and uh, when the forecourts Courts was bombed, and after a short while, was was. Uh, the, that position surrendered. They were all put in, in prison in Mount Joy. They were put in a special wing, so they were all together. And uh, they would have been prominent So the selection, I suppose, uh, in in the play, I make the selection of of Dick Barrett out to be somewhat personal because of his connection to Sean Hale. People might disagree with that. I I think it stands up to a degree. And then the other selections, like different people will have different takes on it. But the the conventional take on it is that it was to kind of send the message out to the Four Corners of Ireland. And um, I think that's what it did.
0: And that brings part one of Where the Road Takes Me to a Close. Part 2 after the break, the first half of the radio play, The Case Currently in Hand. Written by Mike Russell, it deals mainly with the aftermath of the four executions and the legal wrangling that was bound to follow.